0: This is The Rundown. The rundown. The rundown. The Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Live from the Auction Community Studio for the next half hour. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass. Sarah Cazell behind the other glass. Everybody's dancing. I'm not dancing. I feel left out. And I already lost my pen. We're only five seconds into the show. How's everybody doing tonight? All right, everybody. I uh, get the thumbs up from Sarah. Jesse, how you doing back there? Thumbs down. All right, so we're even. Okay. Uh, the Phoenix Suns now up two to one in their best of seven series with the Clippers. I don't think that's cause for panic. Uh, I know some people who are panicking <laughs> that are Suns fans. Uh, there's, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can look at this and you could say it's two to one. If you don't execute the value on Tuesday night which is far from a given. I mean, they made it look like a given, but it's far from a given. If you don't execute that, you're down two to one in the series and the Clippers haven't had Kawhi. So I get the cause for concern, but at the end of the day, the value was executed. You're up to one in the series and they still don't have Kawhi. He's already been ruled out for, uh, for tomorrow's game. I don't think he's anywhere close to coming back. Honestly, uh, we haven't heard anything to indicate that he is. I have to think if he was close to coming back, they probably would have tried to rush him back last night. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I, I, there's only so much you can do with an injury like that. But we just we haven't heard anything about like, oh, Kawhi's close, or oh, he's questionable. Okay, he can't go, or he's doubtful. He's just he's just out. And as long as he's out, I'm pretty confident the Suns are going to pull this off. You're allowed to lose a game. They won nine in a row in the playoffs. That's a, a scene number to be able to pull that off they had almost gone a full month without losing a playoff game you're allowed to lose three games actually in the series so I do think they're okay there were some things though last night I mean you look at that game and Chris Paul and Devin Booker shooting a combined 10 for 40 that's not going to happen again and you would think if that does happen they're going to lose they were what? They were four for twenty at halftime. So actually actually they improved their shooting in the second half. Four for twenty at halftime, and, and the Suns were still up by two points, but the Clippers figured it out in the second half. Chris Paul's going to get back into, into game shape. I'm not worried about that. In general, I'm not worried about Devin Booker. I do kind of wonder about the mask, though. You know, if you tell me Devin Booker Messed up his nose in the last preseason game and has to start the season off wearing a mask. And he's got to wear it for three months or whatever. OK, he might have a couple games where he's just trying to get back on track and then I think he'd be fine. It's a little unfortunate that he has to deal with that mid-series because he didn't look like Devin Booker last night. And Patrick Beverly is everywhere, which is a scary thought. But at the end of the day, the Suns won nine playoff games in a row. They're still up in the series. They're the team that got their star player back and Chris Paul. And, uh, like I said, as long as the Clippers don't have Kawhi, and even if they did, I mean, that doesn't mean the Suns lose the series, but as long as they don't have Kawhi, I I don't think that that team's going to be able to beat this team in a seven-game series. I give the Clippers a ton of credit, because we've seen a lot of teams in these playoffs lose their second-best player, and they're just done, whereas Kawhi is clearly the Clippers' best player, and they lost him when that series against Utah was tied at two apiece, and they managed to beat the Jazz And now they've managed to make this a series against the Suns. But that's fine. It can be a series. The Suns are still in the driver's seat. And, you know, look, if things go south tomorrow, if the Clippers are out there hitting threes again, or, I mean, even the Clippers didn't really shoot that well yesterday from three-point range, but um, not towards, I mean, I guess at the end of the game they did, but there was a a huge stretch. Paul George was three for 11 from three-point range. Uh, Look, if we come in here on Monday and the Clippers won game four tomorrow, and you're telling me that there's a chance Kawhi might come back later in the series? Ah, okay, then I'm concerned. But uh, the Suns are still in position where if you just go out there and take care of business tomorrow, you go up 3-1, and you've got two of the last three if you had to play all three back at Phoenix Suns Arena, I still feel good about this team. And I think you should, too. It's a, it, Look, this has been a much closer series. All three games really have been... I, I mean, I guess you could make the case last night's game was the, uh, the most lopsided. But... The Clippers have hung in there in all three games with the Suns. Game two was was literally a toss-up by the end. And game one was close, even though Booker had the 40-point triple-double. So this is not not Denver. The Clippers are not some team you're just going to shake off by showing up. And as that Denver series wore on, it was like, okay, this this is basically just a tune-up for the Suns for the Western Conference Finals. That's not going to be the case here. But I still think, I'm still pretty confident Suns win in like five or six. Uh, and and things can change. I mean, the campaign injury is concerning. Uh, Monty Williams gave us kind of an update today. Uh, He was a
0: little bit better today. Um, We didn't do a ton, uh, so it's hard to evaluate, Um, but we think he's getting better. So we hope that uh, he can get back on the floor tomorrow. So we didn't have a a practice, um, a normal practice today. So, but he was able to get out on the floor and and, and shoot a little bit and, and put the ball down and um, he's walking around fine.
1: Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, Cameron Payne's not a guy that you are hoping to have to lean on a lot. But as we've seen in these playoffs, the Suns have had to lean on him quite a bit, and he's answered the bell pretty much every time. Now that you have Chris Paul back, you know are not looking to use campaign a whole lot here the rest of this series and hopefully into the in the NBA Finals. But uh, you still need him, because whether it's just as a change of pace, whether it's just to give Chris Paul a breather, I mean, I don't think in any scenario they had planned to play Chris Paul as much as they did last night. I mean, you figure you kind of ease him back in. He played 39 minutes last night. If campaign doesn't get hurt, you know, you're going into that game thinking, okay, well, bring Chris Paul back. We'll see if he has it. If not, we'll kind of limit his minutes. We feel confident with campaign. He just put up 29 points in game two. We don't want to burn Chris Paul out, and uh, you know we'll see if we have to go with a little more up tempo offense with campaign. We can do that until we get Chris Paul back in in full. You know, it's not just basketball shape; it's NBA playoff Western Conference final shape, basically where he was in that Denver series. It's understandable if it takes him a game to get back into that uh, into that level of play. But uh, but now you know there's some pressure certainly tomorrow. There's there's a lot of pressure on that game because you don't want to let this Clippers team feel good about what has become their identity in these playoffs, uh, of being the team that can kind of toss the first two games of a series away and then still come back and win. I maintain even the Clippers know, and they, they sort of alluded to this earlier in the series, this Phoenix Suns team is not the Dallas team that L.A. rallied back from from down 2-0 in the first round against. Or even the Utah team, because Utah, I and mean, Donovan Mitchell was hurt, Michael Conley was, was barely even playing in the series. It's not the same thing. It, this should not be something that the Clippers look at and they're like, all right, we're down 2-0. We'll just come back and win again. And this is, the Suns are a much more difficult team. But you don't want to give any credence to that idea by letting them even the series at two apiece tomorrow. So this is kind of a weird spot because you're in the playoffs. You're in the Western Conference Finals. If you're a Suns fan, you've been waiting 11 years just to get back to the playoffs. And yet for the last few weeks, there really hasn't been much drama on, on the floor for this team. Like yeah, there was the Chris Paul COVID test last week. Okay, that was drama, but the team was off all week. In terms of actually losing games, I don't know about you, but I felt pretty confident they were winning the Lakers series after they even the series at two, and Anthony Davis got hurt. And certainly after Game Five that they won by thirty, you know, there's there's the normal uh, hesitation or you know cautiousness because your team's finally in the playoffs for the first time after a long time. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, they're up 3-2. They're going to win the title. But I think we all felt pretty confident after that fifth game against the Lakers. The Suns were, were the better team than, than L.A. without Anthony Davis, for sure. And you could tell right away in the Denver series, I mean, by the end of game one, for sure, that they were probably going to win that one. So now we have some drama. Now you're still up 2-1, to one, but now you've got some playoff drama. And yes, there's been drama for this team with the Chris Paul injury in the first round and uh, you know Devin Booker getting his nose busted earlier in this series and, and Chris Paul with the positive COVID test last week and all that stuff. But in terms of, oh, the Suns lost a game, now how do they respond? We haven't seen that since late May. It's June 25th. So give them a chance to see how they actually respond because the last time, the only time they were in this position, they responded by winning nine in a row. All right, we come back. I want to get back into the uh, the Devin Booker aspect of this series though because the Suns to get where they're going to go they they need him obviously to be at his best the last couple of games he hasn't been is that just just a random slump in the middle of a series or is there something more to it we'll get into that next it's the rundown with luke lipinski on 98 7 fm arizona sports station
0: Home of the Suns' run to the championship. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station and the Arizona Sports App. Suns playoff coverage presented by Four Peaks
1: Keltlifter. Luke Lipinski talks Suns Clippers now. Yeah, I want to be clear on Devin Booker. You know, nobody's nobody's worried about Devin Booker's play. He's been an absolute beast really his entire career and certainly uh, in these playoffs. But in the last two games, he's got 35 points. On ten of thirty-seven shooting. That's that's not Devin Booker. And uh and, and last night five of twenty one shooting. And look, if, if you're looking at the outcome of the game last night, the Clippers won by fourteen. Maybe last night was just a game the Suns weren't gonna win. You know, you're not gonna win every game. And the Clippers were were due, I guess. But the shooting of Devin Booker these last two games the thing is to win a title, and certainly we're at that point now with the Suns, you want to win the whole thing. You need Devin Booker to be Devin Booker. He hasn't quite looked like himself the last two games, so it basically it's it's uh what one of three things, maybe one of four things. To me, the three main options are just hey, it's just a, a shooting slump. Sometimes guys go through those. Okay, I mean he was was absolutely on fire prior to that, but okay, maybe it's just a shooting slump. Maybe it is Patrick Beverly. In a move that uh, the Clippers made essentially before game two to put him on Booker and Patrick Beverly for what whatever else you may want to say or think about him is a good defensive player so I'm sure that's part of it. I also look at Devin Booker that I'm like, all right, you'll figure this out The other thing I like I said I have to wonder if having the mask on the face that's not something he's used to playing with obviously until last night. Getting his nose busted, what twice now? I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, I have to think that that's at least, it's at least throwing him off a little bit, or at least it was a little bit last night. Doesn't mean it's going to have to keep doing that. He was asked about it. You know, is that is that something that's that's become a distraction?
0: Um, it's fine, honestly. You know, I don't honestly don't really see it, or it doesn't affect me. Um. I did talk to Rip about it. You know, I've been preaching for a long time. He's my favorite player of all time. And, you know, I've had short conversations with him in the past. And, you know, I thought this was the perfect time, um, you know, to talk to him some more and, and get some advice. So, you know, he chopped it up with me for a minute, you know, gave me some great feedback, put me in the right mindset to go out there. And, you know, we have to. Just be better
1: next game. Yeah, I mean, Rip, Rip Hamilton, you'll remember, had to wear the mask. He just never took it off. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think we're going to see Devin Booker just wearing the mask two years from now for the fun of it or, or you know, because it's a comfort thing. But it, it's just, it's an extra adjustment that he now has to make mid-series. And last night, it didn't seem like he made that adjustment as well as you would hope. Now, if he says it's not bothering him, I'm going to take him at his word. And maybe he just shot five for 21 last night. You know, that occasionally happens. If Chris Paul has a normal Chris Paul game, we maybe don't even quite notice it. It's just the number that those two combined to go 10 for 40. There's no way to avoid that. I mean, that's the first, it's the first stat that pops out of the box score when you look at it. So if it's not the mask, then is it Patrick Beverly?
0: He's ultra aggressive. Um, you know, he's denying, you know, limiting touches. Um, so, you know, he, he has one objective out there, and, and we understand that. So, you know, I feel like other things should open up, and, you know, we have to look at the film and see what's open and see what we can get.
1: Yeah. I, again, I mean, Devin Booker will, he'll be fine. It's just a matter of, and I think the Suns will be fine in this series, even if he's kind of, if he's not, he doesn't have to be the 40 point triple double guy. But last night was the sort of game that we have seen the Suns now twice in these playoffs. Slam the door on the opposition. Like last night was going into the game very similar to game six against the Lakers, where Book went out and hit all six three pointers in the first quarter. And that game was done really before it ever started. And LeBron and the Lakers were eliminated on the first try. It was, uh, it, you know, it was also very similar to, I mean, I guess any number of games against the Nuggets, but, uh, you know, Booker going out there with 28 in game three of that series to basically put that away. You know, once you get up 3 0 on a team, that's it. You know, it's not, it's not historically like, oh, team's down 3-0 in the NBA playoffs. They have a hard time coming back. They've never come back. Ever. Zero. Zero times. So last night was as close to a closeout game as you can get without it actually being a closeout game. And in the first two rounds when the Suns were in that position, they immediately put the opposition away. Last night they didn't do it. And, again, I will credit the Clippers because they are showing some resiliency playing without Kawhi Leonard. But also, I, I think it's only fair to say Devin Booker's not going to shoot 5-for-21 here going forward in this series. I do think it's at least wondering, worth wondering why, though, in case it's something that, that can be changed or you just let him just shoot his way out of it. All right, we got a baseball game coming up. Let's get into that. The home of
0: Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the new Cheesecake Blasts for a limited time, only at Sonic. And by Trajan Wealth. Get your retirement on deck with Trajan
1: Wealth, your local trusted financial fiduciary. Trajan yeah D-backs Padres from San Diego tonight which normally is it's a great it's a you know that's a great stadium it's a great uh, city to watch baseball in you would normally be like oh yeah D-backs Padres from San Diego that's that's cool maybe go to the game except they've lost 23 in a row on the road so maybe maybe not um that's obviously the major league record they set that uh, in their last road game they would like to probably end that streak tonight it's been exactly 2 months since the last time the D-backs won a road game it was that Madison Bumgarner 7 inning no hitter on April 25th, so it's been a while. Let's get into the pitching matchup. Brought to you by Berg Simpson. When the game is on the line, you've been injured. Nobody matches up to the Berg Simpson law firm. Visit bergsimpson.com. That's B-U-R-G Simpson.com. Good lawyers changing lives. Corbin Martin for the D-backs. Is, uh, his first start against somebody that isn't the Dodgers or the Giants. He's made four starts this year all against the Dodgers and the Giants. All losses, although he's only taken uh, losses in two of those games. Opposed by Chris Paddock, who's decent. For the Padres, but um, how about this stat? He's 0-2 against the D-backs this year. Arizona has beaten Chris Paddock twice, so this might be our guy here tonight. This this might be the guy you want to face to end this streak if you're the D-backs. They have defeated him. They got their first win of the season against Chris Paddock back on April 4th. And then on April 27th, they beat him again.
0: You know what, Luke? I'm just going to go out on a limb here because, you know, I'm feeling positive tonight. Okay.
1: D-backs going to get it done tonight on the road in San Diego. They're not going to get it done Saturday. They're not going to get it done Sunday. But tonight, they're (laughs) going to get it done. Is that because it's Chris Paddock or just their Yeah, Chris Paddock, you know, scrub. (laughs) Chris Paddock, not bad unless he's facing the D-backs. It's your overall 4.10 ERA. 4-5 Four and five record, but yeah, 0 and two against the D-Backs. Uh let's get into the MLB standings. They are brought to you by PNC Bank Financial Tools and Tech to help make things easier. Uh, it depends what you're looking for with the D-Backs. There are plenty of fans at this point who are like, hey, just get, just get the worst record, get the number one pick in the draft. Right now, unfortunately, they are in last place in Major League Baseball at 21 and 55. Two and a half games back of the Baltimore Orioles. Nobody else is really in striking distance. I guess the Texas Rangers kind of uh, in the NL West. D-backs, of course, uh, in last in the division. They are 28 games out of first behind the Giants. 23 and a half back of the Padres, who are in second. So I'm not going to sit here and make the case for you that if they sweep, they'll only be 20 and a half games back of the Padres, because that kind of seems trivial at this point. But the Padres have won seven in a row coming into this game. They were a team with very high expectations entering the season, very high payroll, and they were kind of they were just scuffling around 500 for a good chunk of uh, games there until about a week ago. So the D-backs might actually be catching the Padres at the wrong time. All right, let's hit the keys to the game.
0: Listen, man, I you
1: you to be the key master. I am the key master. <laughs>
0: Dbacks Keys to the Game brought to you by Sell Two Sands. Take away the hassle of selling a vehicle yourself. Go to Sell 2 sandscom
1: today. All right, well, how's this for a key to the game? I mentioned that Arizona 2-0 against Chris Paddock this year, and they got to him early in both games. Their first win of the season came against Chris Paddock and the Padres. Took a few games, but their first win came against him, and they got to him for two runs in the first inning. And then the second time they got to him for two runs in the second inning later in the, uh, in the month of April. So I'm going to go with that because it is actually a blueprint for how they have won games against this pitcher in the past. Get to him for a couple runs early and hopefully Corbin Martin can give you his best start of the season because you got you to gotta end this losing streak as, uh, as soon as possible. You don't want to be building on this one. It's already bad enough that you broke a record that was almost 60 years old, what, 58 years old? 22 losses in a row on the road. All right, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. I'm Luke Lipinski. We've got D-backs and Padres next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.